Hi there, everyone. Welcome to the Evolution Exchange. This is a platform for thought leaders within the tech space to share ideas on current topics of relevance to our community of technology and business followers. I'm Ritesh, and I'll be your host for today's session, where we're going to be discussing on project delivery and the best practices to ensuring a successful delivery. Joining me for today's discussion are two thought leaders in their own verticals. First, we have Aaron Neo, who's a senior product manager at Cosmos, and Sean Valencia, a marketing manager at Treasure Data. Now, again, everyone knows this, and I say this most of the time. Uh, I'm not going to do the, the main introduction for you guys. I'll leave it to you. Aaron, could you start off, please? Hi, everyone. Um, I'm a product manager at KaiKai uh, for two years. So um, we started KaiKai because we wanted to bring the best online offline experience to the users. And we realized there's a gap uh, for the brick and mortar stores and the e-commerce one nowadays. So um, by bringing users from online to offline, it allows the brick and mortar stores to actually uh, stay in the market. It uh, also allows for the users to explore more, more products for themselves and realize that they can actually buy more things from the same store. Uh, outside of work, I'm a husband. I'm a proud father of a nut butter business. And also I'm a Sunday footballer. Yeah, so, and I'm also very happy to be here with Sean and Ritesh uh, for the day. Great, thank you. And Sean? Uh, hello, everyone. My name's Sean Valencia. I'm um, APAC Marketing Manager at Treasure Data. Treasure Data, we are a CDP, customer data platform, and we help uh, enterprise customers with their data unification efforts. Uh, many times data might be scattered and siloed in many different platforms, teams, we help bring it together within one platform that it can be unified so that then we can drive meaningful uh, customer experiences. Um, as a marketing manager, uh, I manage all of our marketing um, for Southeast Asia. Um, Ritesh, thank you very much for the invitation to be on the show today. And also, you know, very much looking forward to the discussion with you, Aaron, today. It's a pleasure to connect with you as well. Thank you. Great. Thanks. Now, one thing that I was... I guess a little bit more interested, especially in this one, in this in this conversation between us, um, that I think might drive things pretty well through a different perspective. Normally, I end up getting a few different speakers from the same sort of vertical or background. Now, in this one, it's it's fairly different, right? Obviously, we've got one of you who's who's a specialist in marketing, another one who uh, works as a, as a product manager, but has also specialty in data and marketing, right? So you, th there's a pretty decent mix here. So I want to be able to see how we can envelop these thoughts together and see where we go. But to start off with, and this is probably going to be the, I guess, the thoughts that come out of this would be the most different, which will be the types of projects that you guys run in your respective roles, right? Mm -hmm. So Sean, could you could you take us through the different types of projects that you run first as a marketing manager? And then after, after you're done, then Aaron, you can do the same. Yeah, absolutely. So our business is a B2B SaaS company. Uh, for CDP. And a lot of our marketing projects um, involve a bit of a mix of it could be field events like conferences, seminars. Uh, we do put on private events um, as well. Um, but, you know, also projects involving content as well as digital marketing. Um, all of our team here tends to wear a lot of hats and is, uh, um, and is quite flexible. And of course, you know, sometimes we do see um, projects involving onboarding a new tool or some kind of marketing technology because, you know, of course, um, you know, there's lots of new tech coming into the marketing space all the time. But, you know, um, also for, you know, our, our main product, um, CDP, you know, it is a very advanced technical product itself. And so, you know, our customers um, are also having projects for the implementation. So also, Part of my job as you know uh, a marketing manager is also to share things like use cases, best practices for the implementation, to you know also assist you know our customers with um, you know bringing on um, those technology um, pr um, projects as well um, as they're in implementing it. So it's a it's quite interesting because it's a bit of a range. You know, of course, we have all of those you know marketing projects, um, but you know there's also having a, a keen eye to, you know, the, the customer side and working with, um, you know, their own projects as well um, in tech too. 
Okay, great. And Aaron? Okay, so um, I'm doing product manager, um, and in, for product management, it's, it's a lot of fun in doing product management. You are translating ideas into implementation, and um, on a daily basis, I receive um, ideas, and also people chasing me from, hey, I want this new feature. And I think it's common for all product managers. So uh, how do I, uh, so what kind of projects do I run as product manager? Is that I need to translate all these ideas into implementation. So for example, um, maybe my boss can come to me and say that, hey, Aaron, let's do a loyalty feature. And I'll be like, huh, wait a minute, I need to translate into plan. And how I translate to plan is to understand the problem, understand what we need, understand how how does it impact the world, how does it impact uh, our business, how does it impact our users, our merchants. And then I'll run a test on a daily basis. So this small scale test can come in the form of, for example, push notification, how many, uh, how, what, to what success I need to deliver of the push, form of push notification. It could also become the form of um, a mini test of all the current feature what is the metrics I need to put in uh, to, make, to make sure that I measure the success of this test? So, uh, from my role in this um, as a product manager, I need to make sure that all these tests I'm running achieve results and, and work with the right people to achieve results before implementing it as a product feature with the developers. Right. Okay. And. I'll, I'll continue on to the next question with, with you starting off first, Aaron, which is because obviously you mentioned you need to go through a lot of tests, a lot of implementation when it comes to any of these new features, right? And when you're doing this, you end up having to work uh, cross-functionally, right? There's going to be a lot of different teams involved. Yes. How how do you ensure that you have the right set of skills in each of these different teams um, or, or the right set of experience? in order to meet any of the technical demands that come across with any of these features for your product? Okay, so um, maybe a slightly unique situation for me is because um, I, the, I do product management as a mid-career transition. And prior to product management, I actually did sales, also did marketing. So when I need to work on a feature, for example, uh, I have a new feature coming out, I can easily address the concerns uh, of the sales team or the marketing team and how do I actually direct them to understand the objective and how does it benefit each of their team uh, so this is uh, my age in maybe project management over here to actually explain the objectives to them uh, in a clear concise manner so that they can deliver and participate in this project actively okay and, and what about you Sean how how does it work for you with your scope then with the different types of projects that you run? Yeah, it's a it's a great question, and you know I think you know f first uh, it's it's good to take a step back and and identify okay you know of the skills that are going to be required for this project you know which are skills that you know our current team can learn and you know which skills might we need to you know, also look out for an expert for that could be an expert within the organization. Of course, depending on the nature of the product uh, of the project, we might need to like bring in like an outside, um, an outside expert, because, um, you know, a lot of successful projects are really kind of a combination of having the right team in place, the right plan, um, as well as, you know, process and protocols after. Um, so, you know, typically what we see if we're doing a, a new um, project that's using um, either a marketing project or maybe onboarding some kind of um, new tech, um, you know, we'll first take a take a step back and see, okay, you know, what resources are, you know, available um, both internally, maybe that could be through some of our partners to try and, you know, skill up, you know, our team. Um, but, you know, it's also important to identify those, um, you know, skill sets that we might need to seek, um, seek out, um, you know, some, you know, uh, additional advice from, um, I think for like projects in general, um, you know, some, you know, some of those skills, like, especially if we're talking about something like, you know, data privacy or something, that's something that's going to be essential to, you know, seek some of that expert advice, but, you know, 
if it's more of some functions within a new tool we're you know onboarding, then uh, you know that could be something that we're looking at um, you know skilling up. And um, you know I think it's really important to you know one thing that we're always trying to do is you know grow this um, data centric mindset across teams. Um, you know how can we really utilize technology, um, data to drive um, better business value, better experiences, maybe make some of our processes more efficient. Um, because, you know, now really what we're seeing is that, you know, the tech and the, the tech and data, it's not really just a, a matter for the IT teams anymore, because it's really affecting, you know, all business stakeholders across the um, organization. Um, so, you know, that's something that we are trying to keep in mind. How can we continue to, you know, share knowledge internally, uh, you know, try to skill up our teams and then also, you know, identify those, you know, other things that, you know, we might need to, you know, seek out some um, expert advice for a particular project. Okay, cool. And obviously with, with all these different projects as well, and you touched upon uh, resources, right? Mm-hmm. How do you... How do you actually manage the resources in terms of the types of strategies that you employ when you want to try to ensure some level of efficiency within, you know, not just, I guess, your own team when you're doing this, but also with all the different teams that you're working with on these products? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, for us and in, in, in our, our teams, uh, you know, we do utilize project management tech, I think it's great to, you know, invest in a project management tool like Asana or, you know, others out there, you know, just because technical projects are just becoming increasingly more complex. And I mean, we both use it for the technical side, but also the marketing side. Um, if we take a look at something like a a marketing field event where we're planning some kind of, you know, sometimes we plan um, both digital or physical seminars where we bring some of our customers out to, you know, share their, um, their stories, their learnings of, 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 um, of what they are doing to drive better customer experiences with tech. You know, putting those together have a lot of moving parts. They involve a lot of different team members. And, um, you know, we just, uh, as, Marketers, we don't really have, you know, the time to be sifting through a stack of emails or Slack, Slack threads. We need to be able to, you know, quickly go to one place to see the current status of the project, who has the ball in their court, and, you know, making sure that we have all those resources needed in one centralized place. Um, but, uh, you know, in addition to the tools, I would say that it's also, you know, important to really, you know, set, you know, timelines for different tasks that these projects might involve. For, you know, example, if we're, you know, working on something in marketing content related, maybe, you know, this kind of deliverable, you know, we're going to have a, uh, a four days requirement on on this kind. And if it's something that it's more of an analyst project, maybe three to three days for this kind of task. And, you know, setting those timelines is, you know, important to keep the both the current and future projects on schedule. And, uh, you know, also those um, project management tools can, you know, help bring visibility into, um, you know, okay, are some of our team members tied up with other projects? Because, you know, if they are, then, you know, then I'm going to have to move my expectations for this step to next week. Um, Of course, you know, if it is, you know, aside from the tools, if it's more of a larger project, it's um, good to, schedule, you know, regular check-ins on the status, depending on the nature. It could be, you know, weekly meetings with the key stakeholders, sometimes even more frequent. But, you know, at the same time, I think it's also very good to maintain a balance, right? You know, too, you put on too many meetings on the calendar, it's just going to end up slowing down the project. So, you know, I think, you know, finding that, you know, you know, balance of, you know, that communication is, you know, a uh, a key skill, you know, it's something that I'm continuing to looking to to hone. Um, um, but uh, um, but yeah, you know, um, keeping up communication, also being respectful of you know the team's time so that they can have their hands on the project, you know, as well as making sure that we have you know the right tools in place to help manage that um, tasks and communications accordingly. Yep. 
No, I, I get I get how you feel as well when you when you mentioned using different project management tools as well as all these meetings because finding that balance sometimes can be quite tricky depending on the, <laughs> it also really depends on the projects. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I think I've just gotten used to using my phone at this point, just writing down all my different tasks and just having <laughs> my own little checklist there. Uh, initially, I started off using Trello a lot more. I still use it, but not nearly as actively as what it's there for, I guess. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it might be a bit too much of an extra task having to do all these little extra steps to make things look more visible. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just have a simple list and just go through that. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe that's the boomer in me. Maybe it's a case where I'm just like, you know what? I'm a solo marketer at the end of the day. Um, if if any of any, any of my colleagues need anything from me, uh, I'm just there to assist them straight away. Because mm-hmm. when you're embedded, for example, like myself, I'm, I'm, I'm a solo marketer embedded within a sales team. Mm-hmm. Everything's very fast moving. Right. Mm-hmm. If if so, if one of my colleagues and and as consultants they need like a deck or a proposal from client, it's me who's going to be doing that up. You know, I, I got to move very quickly when it comes to that. I can't just say I'm working on this. I'll I'll get to this like next week or something. Like it it wouldn't work <laughs> out very well. Um, besides, I wouldn't even blame them if they didn't want to check Trello just to see whether I'm busy or not busy or anything like that. It's just, mm-hmm. have you got some time? Can you help me out? Yeah, of course. You know, like I think it, it depends on the environment as well. Um, what about what about yourself, Aaron? Yeah. Um, so for my, for me, um, I realized that the biggest transition from um, a marketer to a product manager is that uh, your daily tasks become uh, a daily project. Because uh, uh, when it comes to when I transit to product manager, I realized that uh, everything that I do uh, is a start of a new project uh, for the company. So uh, how I do I do this is that um, I always have. Um, I need to prioritize my work on a daily basis. Uh, every day, my decision on priority affects uh, the outcome of the team uh, at the end of the week, maybe. Um, so what I will do is that I always have um, data uh, readily with me. Uh, like Sean, a believer of data. So mm-hmm. with, um, with data, you can prioritize. You can understand what brings the most value, uh, what brings the least value, what brings um, the most impact to the company, mm-hmm. especially at uh, the growth stage. And we also have um, we also run surveys with our users. We also run surveys both in qualitative and quantitative information, and combining with the data that we have in house. And we also get merchant feedbacks from regularly from our um, um, account managers. And all these things forms help us formulate what's priority, what brings the most value, what earns the company most money. And through this prioritization. I'll be able to map out for this for example for this week. I'll be like, okay, this is definitely the P0, P1 that I priority number one I need to tackle. And then I can move on with the task. And this is how I manage um my time and and then manage my resources. And then I know that okay, this is a brief, this is a product brief, or this is a project brief that I've designed. Uh, we need to start working on this now. And then I can get um people from the relevant uh, experience who might be interested in this project or might be uh, useful for this project formulate a plan and then brief mm-hmm. a larger team and brief the development team so this is how I manage um, my resources uh, across different uh, projects in the same timeline okay and obviously because like, we want to look here at all these different projects what, what the best practices are for them right so in a, I guess in, in a short statement, when it comes to ensuring that you have the right skills, experience, what do you think is the best way of doing this as a best practice? Like what, what are the best practices to consider? So just in a very short statement to summarize it, um, Sean? Yeah, so I think the... Um, like when taking a look at the different, you know, projects um, themselves that um, um, that you know I might be managing, whether it be in the marketing space or the technology space, um, you know, I think that you know one of the the very key aspects of it is you know having a high degree of flexibility. So you know, just because I mean, of course. There's going to be many times where things may not go 100% as planned, you know, especially, you know, if we're looking at a marketing event like a 
a field event I mentioned before have a lot of different moving parts. You know, maybe something unexpectedly gets delayed and might be show, um, showing up late. You know, all of us have to, I think it's important to budget a little bit of time to add some flexibility. But, you know, also it's, you know, another side of the flexibility aspect is that, you know, the, um, you know, being flexible enough to, you know, kind of pivot to the needs of business side. So, you know, in addition to that flexibility, I think that communication is also very key, but specifically, you know, communication across the different stakeholders in the organization. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, we might get, you know, it's, it can be easy to get in the trap of just, you know, hey, you know, we're this one department for this one business unit. Um, but, you know, really, you know, all of us are, you know, working as a full team across the organization, you know, as a whole. And so really, you know, how can we, you know, stay in touch with, you know, all these different stakeholders, the, you know, what does the sales team need? You know, what are the learnings from the customer service team, you know, from from the customers that they're working with? And, you know, of course, you know, what are the overall business goals and challenges? Um, because that's going to be affecting, you know, our our, um, you know, projects that we're doing. And, you know, sometimes even in the middle of it, we're going to need to make a change or, you know, make a make a pivot just to make sure that, you know, we're aligned to, hey, deliver the most outcome, you know, with this um, with this project. And I mean, from the technical side as well, uh, like if we're bringing on if it's a project, OK, we're going to be onboarding this new system or this new tool, um, you know, it, we need to be ready, like, at the end of that implementation to start, you know, generating value with it. Um, because, you know, sometimes, you know, what, you know, um, you know, what it seemed, you know, happened in, in, in different organizations is, okay, we, we invest in this, you know, big expensive tool. We, we, we go through this three month project to bring it on board, sometimes longer. And, but then it doesn't necessarily get utilized that much, you know, at the end. Um, so I think, to you know you know assist with that that's also where the communication with the business units comes in to okay we need to start planning from the start um okay how is this going to be utilized and then you know starting with the internal ed education in the organization to you know get the different team members or different stakeholders you know up to speed of you know how we're going to be utilizing this new, uh, this new tech establishing the different use cases um that we want you know, out the out the door, um, so that we can you know hit the ground running to really starting to deliver value. You know, right after the project is completed. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I think one one thing as well when it comes to you know any any project really, um, mm -hmm. obviously it really depends on, on the type of company you're in as well. Like for example, with, with you guys, you you have companies that you work more on mm -hmm. a product itself. Mm -hmm. For example, in in my case, it's more of a service led approach, right? So when it's a service-led approach, you don't usually have anything tangible as such that you can give yeah. or show to a potential client or customer. So when it comes to prioritizing your projects, you sort of have to try to evaluate which one is closer to the money, essentially, right? What's going to help bring in your revenue? Um, you might have two different projects that, that you're working on concurrently. They're both equally as important. One might take a little bit longer than the other. But mm -hmm. that's the one that's bringing in the money a lot sooner. You're going to have to prioritize that, you know, mm -hmm. um, if not, you'll end up getting some stick if you don't. Uh, <laughs> but but you, it, it, it's something that I think will always require a lot of careful detail, um, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to time management of any of these projects. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure, Aaron, in your case, especially when, when you're dealing with with many different teams as well. Being able to juggle a lot between all of them is surely a pain at times, right? Uh, what, what about you? What, what would your statement be here as, as your best practice when it comes to ensuring that efficiency between all your teams? Yes, so um, very, very, sim very, very similar to Sean. Um, communication and managing stakeholders is very important um, because you get ideas turned on you at, uh, many times at different times, different places. So, and also uh, the fact that if you can arm yourself well with um, data information at hand, uh, you can think two to three steps ahead um, from all the requests that you're getting. 
and by managing stakeholders, uh, one key point would be um, actually understanding the team goals. Um, you need to sit down lunch, uh, have a sit down lunch with all the uh, various stakeholders uh, across the teammates, uh, across the verticals as well. So they understand what is their goal. Uh, for example, maybe my CEO is, um, he needs to get ready for his next investor pitch. And what is the story to tell? And you need to align that with him so that you deliver the right features, then deliver the right results. Um, also to the sales team, uh, how are they pitching to the uh, merchants? You need to understand what kind of uh, value proposition are they selling and what makes their, what makes their department ticks, what works for the, the, the merchants. And for the users in this week, the marketing team, uh, what, what makes the user get interested about uh, the e-commerce app? What is the user thinks that, uh, why is the user maybe running away from the app? We need to understand all this stuff and combine the, um, the data that we have in-house with all the surveys that I said there. You can actually formulate big picture of this is the entire um, scenario that um, the app is facing, the business is facing, mm -hmm. and align the North Star quickly uh, with the, the management and then get the team ready and ready the team to work towards the North Star. And by readying the team, align the, um, the North Star, you get, to, you get to align everyone in the different verticals quickly. So um, the advice would be to quickly align uh, many stakeholders by aligning the, the North Star goals so that it gets your work um, makes our work easier and help you prioritize your work accordingly to the team's needs. Okay, great. And now, obviously, you you guys have been, you know, working in, in, in this field for, for quite a long time um, in, in your respective fields, right? Whether it's product, whether it's marketing, and you've also been working with a lot of different teams. Throughout this entire time, you would have definitely faced a lot of challenges, right? Some would be a little bit more on the, on the softer side or maybe with personnel or any other colleagues but at the same time you probably would have also faced a lot of technical challenges in terms of the projects you guys are working mm -hmm. on right how did you address these challenges and what what did you basically do to overcome them hmm. uh aaron do you want to go first yeah okay so um technical challenges um yes yeah, so i face a plenty because i don't know sometimes i don't know what i'm developing because um no, I know what I'm developing uh, after understanding what I need to do. So, um, for example, if I were to develop a video, a video feature in the app, um, there was this term that came about during meetings called adaptive bit rate. And how am I supposed to know what's adaptive bit rate? Uh, I need to find out. As a project manager, as a product manager who is leading the team, coaching the team in the right direction, I need to find out what it is. So, thanks for all the AI tools. Um, you can actually explain adaptive bit rate to a 10-year-old kid. So after understanding, you're able to bring forth the value of the feature even better. Mm -hmm. And that, and also, um, I've never been a coder uh, in my life. Um, picking up Python actually helps me to understand uh, my teammates' pain. And sometimes if I can't explain in words, I can write it out in code. So explain my um, the feature that I have in mind and it helps the team move faster in that way so having some sort of technical ability to support the team uh, works really well okay and Sean yeah I mean if I take a look at the different projects that have managed before I mean I think if there's one thing that you know I, I, I continue to try and improve on it's you know trying to be more flexible agile and you know taking action quicker if uh, you know we need to you know pivot um, I mean running some marketing campaigns in the in the past you know sometimes you know kind of early on that you know something might be underperforming here or there but you know even I'm guilty of you know in the past you know saying like oh you know just write it out a little longer give it another week or two and then it's gonna improve it's just it's just because it's like a you know, holiday or it's, you know, this, you know, making up, you know, excuses for that when actually, you know, the reality is, was that 
you know, it was not planned well enough or, or not, you know, aligned with, you know, not everything was aligned what we needed. And, you know, it's, we just have to, you know, be able to one, realize that quickly and then be willing to, hey, you know, cut the losses, make it or, you know, make a quick pivot to, you know, something else. Um, you know, if it's something like a digital marketing campaign, I mean, you know, time really is money for that because, um, you know, the longer that it's going to be running, it's just burning your budget. Um, you know, best to, you know, stop it early, you know, quickly analyze, okay, you know, why is this underperforming? You know, um, it's also, you know, I, I know it's been mentioned, you know, in this uh, conversation so far, the importance of doing testing, right? Um, A-B test as much as you can uh, with your projects or campaigns, because, you know, that if that's going to continue to help that, okay, if we need to, you know, pivot, we can pivot to the higher um, performing thing, you know, very quickly. Um now I know if we're you know we're looking at something like a technology implementation project, it's going to be, you know, um, you know a little bit different because you know those are some larger larger term projects that you can't necessarily just you know always you know stop and pivot right because it's been an investment. But you know I think still that you know flexible and agile methodology applies to larger technology um, projects as well. And, you know, we've been, uh, you know, all of us here have been, you know, mentioning, I think there's some key themes from this discussion emerging, such as like prioritization and the communication. And so, you know, being able to um, be flexible to move along with the different, you know, business needs to align that project um, is, you know, also essential. But, you know, that is also, you know, uh, a big challenge and i mean talking with some of you know our customers of our you know you know our pro um our product you know sometimes they're like okay really how do we you know foster that communication and utilization is you know something that's um you know a big challenge that we see universally across many different industries or, or different kinds of organizations um for like you know successful cases um, of how we see some organizations overcome it. Sometimes we see, um, you know, maybe there's um, some kind of evangelist of the project or tech uh, emerges to try and drive that communication and knowledge sharing across different teams. And, um, you know, that individual, sometimes it comes it can come from he, can, he or she can come from any business units. Sometimes it's from IT. Sometimes it's from marketing. Sometimes we've even seen like customer service. Um, you know, um, someone who's really decides like, hey, you know, I'm going to really try and dry adoption of either technology. Um, you know, in in our case, many times it could be um, you know that data driven mindset um, to you know really you know help um set their full organization you know up for success um so you know there's um you know not always an easy blueprint to you know having that successful communication aspect but i think that you know any of us can you know step up to the plate to really try and improve it in our you know organizations no matter what background that we're coming from right and I think that what the, the next question I have based on, on on what you guys have just said, and this has actually come from the from the chat. Crystal has asked this, reflecting on the different on, on your careers rather, and I guess what I'll add in different projects that you guys have run. What is mm -hmm. one thing that you guys would have wished you'd done differently, right, when it mm -hmm. comes to project delivery in the tech industry specifically? Mm -hmm. uh, Sean. Yeah, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's a great question. And thank you, um, you know, thank you very much to the viewer for, you know, um, for asking it, uh, you know, reflecting on, on, you know, my, uh, my career, and, you know, what I've done, uh, been doing in the past, you know, I think that the, you know, looking at, you know, what we were just discussing previously about, taking action and, you know, also, you know, being, you know, that, uh, 
you know, that evangelist, um, you know, in the different experiences and teams that I've, I've worked with in the, you know, you know, in the past, um, the, you know, I think that, uh, it was just, you know, sometimes it is kind of easy to, you know, get into that siloed mindset of, you know, this is, this is my team. Um, you know, we're going to be working together as, as one to build the business, but, you know, being able to really break down those barriers and try and, Hey, you know, let me learn more about what this team is doing, what customer service is doing, what are the salespeople doing? Um, you know, what kind of tools are they doing? What kind of conversations are they having? Um, you um, you know, if I would have taken greater action on that in some of like my previous roles, then, you know, I think I could have seen even greater success. And, you know, now it's becoming even more essential, right? Um, because um, really being in the business of technology and, you know, specifically data, it is involving, you know, all the stakeholders in the business as a whole now. I mean, especially if we're looking at, say, like the, you know, the emerging trends of machine learning and AI, um, you know, et cetera. Um, there's a lot of improvements in value that we're seeing, you know, in lots of different teams that, you know, maybe, you know, technology was not as a bigger factor as before. I mean, looking at, say, some of like the customers that we're working with right now that are kind of taking data beyond IT or even just marketing, um, we're seeing things like uh, AI and ML being implemented into things like their um, call centers and customer service teams to be ready to, you know, help have more personalized concierge conversations with some recommendations from the um, the AI. Or if we're looking into, um, say, like sales, you know, maybe the, the, um, this kind of data in tech can help you know, really identify, you know, where our focus needs to be on our lead base. Or if, you know, if it's something like product development, you know, trying to predict optimal feature sets or even logistics, it could be trying to, you know, help drive more efficient operations. And, you know, really, you know, making all of those happen is a huge team effort between you know, lots of these different, uh, you know, different stakeholders. And I think now there's, you know, we're seeing, you know, a trend where there's a lot of organizations that are, you know, identifying that, hey, this is a challenge that we need to solve. And, you know, I think maybe a lot of us, including myself included in some of the previous teams, we could have, you know, started, you know, preparing that communication a little bit better, especially from the technology side as kind of really technology is enabling this kind of huge collaboration in our companies that, you know, we just, that just wasn't, wasn't, you know, uh, uh, it's an entirely different, different game than things were, you know, say five or 10 years ago. Yeah. I think I, I, I really, I really feel like, especially, and I, I kind of resonate with, with what you mentioned a little bit, because it's it's the case like not just with my current firm but even in, in my old firm mm -hmm. i feel like i should have leveraged on some technology to help me as well mm -hmm. um as well as i think to some degree being able to collaborate a little bit more within my team on certain projects and tasks as opposed to having individuals work on, on a specific thing on their own you know mm -hmm. um you know I, I can give you a basic example it's not so much within the tech industry as such uh, as in it's not it's not very high tech as such but it was working with an e-commerce um, but I think the same principle still works if you're dealing with a lot of consumers which is if you're trying to market out your platform your product your service whatever it is to the consumers especially using um, you know your, your generic tools such as social media or marketing campaigns or anything it would be always to have your content ready well ahead of time hmm. yes trends change but if you have that content ahead of time, it means that you don't end up having to rush or scramble to, to come up with something new. 
And you still find that a lot of companies do tend to do that, right? Some companies will leave it to the last couple of days or so before a campaign is going to roll out, before they put something up. And it's understandable sometimes because, you know, things can change. A strategy can change based off an old campaign that you had run. But at the end of the day, your time is is key, right? Time is off the essence. Time is money. If you are not well prepared, you're going to struggle a lot. And if I were to relate to my, to my current role over here as a solo marketer, there, there was a lot of projects that I had to handle. But I think the, the best thing that we've been able to do in terms of being able to meet delivery for some of those projects a little bit more was having a freelancer join us for any content that we wanted to come up with, right? Especially for us, we do a lot of podcasts. So we end up having to do a lot of video editing. Now, anyone who who is an editor will know that it's not a very short task. Like that will take a long time. And you can have a very powerful laptop, but sometimes you might not even be able to do your other work whilst you're waiting for a video to render out, right? <laughs> this is just a basic example here. But having someone to do that for you saves so much time that you're able to work on everything else that you would then deem as, okay, this is actually my priority, right? So I think in terms of being able to utilize or get resources for this, one thing, if, if I had known about it or done it differently, it would have been get a freelancer in significantly like sooner into a project or, or make sure if I'm going in with a mind where I know I'm going into a certain role where I'm able to build a team, I try to build that team as early as I can. Of course, I need to know the project, the scope of the company first. But as soon as I do, make preparations to actually start building a team so that we can start working on any tasks to meet the deliverables and any targets by the end of you know the quarter, the half year, or the year, whatever it might be. What, what about yourself, Aaron? Yeah. Um, so reflecting on Crystal's question um, and also on Sean's um, touch on technology advances, I think it's technology advances advances and this creation of AI tools and AI tool can actually pretty much do many people's work, especially when it comes to documentation. Um, so one example would be uh, in my current role as a product manager, you can actually ask the AI or uh, ChatGPT, please run your product uh, requirement document uh, for a certain feature. And you lay it out very quickly uh, in a very simple way. And that forms the base of your work. So AI pretty much can actually do a part of your work. And on hindsight, um, what I would have done differently, or um, maybe from the past to now, is that um, I would develop a bit more of my soft skills. I can be maybe 10-10 off on the technical side, but if I, my delivery of speech or my ideas is only 3 out of 10, the people who are the audience only understand 3 out of 10. And that's actually um, not good in when it comes to project delivery. So maybe on hindsight, had I developed um, my soft skills, communication skills, uh, how, I do, how do I read people, how do I engage people, how do I align people? Um, this is very important um, in the post AI world, because this is something that AI cannot do. And, um, and also, um, understanding um, the team goals and constantly engage the stakeholder um, on a maybe on a daily basis um, would be good. So, for example, if I need to, uh, like like um, Sean mentioned earlier, that people are working in silos and especially working from home arrangement, and um, this becoming this becomes a habit where people just focus on their work and. Uh, leave their laptop at the end of the day. And mm. uh, so for me, what do I do is that I always have um, 15 minutes stand up on a daily basis. So in the 15 minutes, we can talk about our struggles, our blockers. Um, maybe for example, my developer can come tell me, hey Aaron, I do not understand this sentence. What do you actually want me to do? And I'm like, ah, okay, I made a mistake there. I could adjust it quickly. And the project moves on. So as such, um, 15 minutes block, it allows um, not just interaction between the developers. I can only, I can also monitor their um, state of mind. Are they angry with the development? 
are they angry with me? Uh, are they uh, happy that the project is going well? I could, I could easily read their mind in the through interaction. And this helps the project to move on a lot faster, a lot smoother. And um, yeah, so because I'm a product manager from, uh, but from the business sector, um, if moving forward, uh, not just maybe not just within the product team, I also like to actually introduce introduce um, daily standouts, maybe with the business team, the marketing team, especially when it comes to um, project delivery, project delivery. Um, for example, for that launches, this is key. Um, need to align everyone on the same page. Everyone must tell the same story, vision, the goal of the project must be aligned, and that's how. I'll, this is what I'll do to actually align uh, all the stakeholders, even the business side as well. Okay, great. Now we're coming towards the end of mm -hmm. of the the conversation here, but there is one question that I do want to ask you guys in order to to I guess gauge the entire scope here of what we've been talking about, but from a bit more of an advice perspective to anyone who's actually looking to take on similar projects. All right in terms of the build or the technicality. Um, you can also relay it to juniors or anyone looking to to make a, a bit of a mid-career switch, for example, into one of these respective roles, right? Mm -hmm. So, Aaron, do you, do you want to go first and give any advice to anyone here who might be looking to take this on? Um, I think first thing, first advice would be for anyone who wants to take on project management, um, you need to understand. Um, uh, I think I think I'll arm yourself some basic um, data analysis knowledge should be good, because when it comes to decision making, uh, you need to convince people with data. And for example, uh, one example would be um, the sales team maybe come to you and say that we are not generating enough revenue for the company, and you look at your chart, you understand your chart on a daily basis, realize that, yeah, the revenue is growing, but the problem is that maybe um, orders are declining. So there's actually potential to grow more orders. And I need to explain that. Uh, thanks for that. It's been to the requester that, hey, um, orders, we are actually dropping orders, declining orders. We actually need to increase the orders. So I need to build functions that drive orders first. Then I can look into revenue. It's just one aspect of how I would actually uh, deal with people. So arming yourself with data, uh, some basic data analysis knowledge, would be good to drive um, project management and statistic holders. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Sean? Yeah, I mean, uh, oh, my kind of key takeaways and advice, uh, you know, actually, you know, I'm learning a lot from Aaron in this conversation as well. And it's going to go back to some of like the key points that Aaron's been hitting on, you know, one, you know, um, what uh, Aaron, you were mentioning at the start, the prioritization, um, you know, um, having this, um, the skill set to be able to prioritize, um, you know, accordingly, I think is going to be you know, essential and especially because with regards to, you know, project management and the different kind of projects that we're going to be working on, really technology is going to be enabling just so many different potential use cases. Um, and I think a big question that a lot of us are going to be asking ourselves is like, okay, you know, where do we start with this? You know, if, if there, if I have, you know, it's going to be in the now it might be 10 different options uh, in a couple of years. It's going to expand to 100, 1000. You know, there's just going to be so much, you know, out opportunity out there that we can utilize, you know, being able to identify, OK, what is going to be able to drive the best outcome and prioritize accordingly is going to be key. And then also going, you know, back to Aaron's comment um you know about the importance of of data um you know i think no matter what field we're in becoming data literate and you know having experience with okay really how do we understand data how do we utilize business intelligence 
you know, is really going to be key because I think, you know, that's that's kind of the other half of the communication aspect that we were talking about before. You know, one, it's about um, speaking with the very and connecting with the different stakeholders. But then, you know, it's also, you know, having knowledge from data both on the organization level, but, you know, also on our own projects and work that we're doing to identify what's working and what's not, you know, what, uh, you know, what does our focus need to be? And that's going to help, you know, guide us for that prioritization um, as well. So, you know, being able to, you know, to sum up to, you know, prioritize where our projects need to be and having the right knowledge through data and armed with skills of both, you know, how do we have access to the right data that we need, but then, you know, also what's an entirely different skill in itself is, you know, how do we make the right decisions and take action on said data is something that I think all of us um, need to, you know, be mindful of. And, you know, if you're a going a new project manager looking to go into project management in the in 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 the future you know pro, um, probably having that high experience with data is going to be you know one of the best skills that you can have on on your resume <laughs> going forward because yeah. you know everybody you know everybody's looking for it <laughs> yep okay cool thank, thanks a lot for your sharing uh for mm. to, to both of you uh that's actually all the time that we have for today uh, thank you for, to both of you guys, Sean, Aaron, for sharing everything. And, you know, I think this is this has been a pretty good topic in terms of being able to go through all these different best practices. It's definitely something that a lot of people don't really, I guess, consider or realize as much, especially if they're handling a lot of different projects. They sort of just go on the fly to just try to get their work done without considering maybe the best ways that they can do it, uh, do like do this and, and carry on with their task. And I know I'm guilty of that, too. So I'm definitely learning from you guys as well. Uh, thank, thank you to our audience as well for listening in, asking us any questions, leaving your comments in as well. Hope you enjoyed the session and we'll see you all next time when we discuss another hot topic on the Evolution Exchange. Thank you. Thank you.